This podcast is brought to you by Pragmatic Play, a leading game developer providing player favorites to the most successful brands across the industry. With an award-winning multi-product portfolio of slots, live casino, bingo, virtual sports, and more, Pragmatic Play is powering up new possibilities of play through one single API. Visit pragmaticplay.com and discover your favorite every time. So, Valentina, you know, it's great to have you back uh, here on the podcast. Uh, of course, we started the, the series with Softwares um, uh, early in the year together, you and me, mm-hmm. and we are finishing the year together yeah, as well. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. One year ago, right? One year ago, we met uh, yep. here in this studio. That's it. And I guess it was like period when you just opened this studio. Yeah, yeah. Huh? You, one were one, you were one of the first ones. Yeah. Uh, so we can celebrate. <laughs> that we can, that we can. Yeah, Mike. Cheers to that. It's, it's definitely water Cheers. in this class, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unfortunately. So today we are here uh, because um, Valentina and Softwist uh, has released a really interesting major report on uh, 2024 trends uh, in the iGaming industry. It's a great, great report. It's like 60 pages long uh, with um, a, a huge amount of interesting insights. Did uh, you manage to read it? I read everything. <laughs> yes. Really? I Me read, too. <laughs> I read everything. I can imagine you read it more than once, probably. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I locked up some time here yesterday to um, uh, to to dive into it, and uh, it was really interesting to get a really good snapshot. And I, c- I can definitely recommend uh, anyone who's listening in here today to check out this report. It's it's free to to get access to. Uh, we're gonna put a link in the in the post in the description here, so uh, anyone can uh, can get access to this as well. But uh, I wanted to to talk to you about this report today, Valentina. Can you um, do first of all like summarize the findings in this report, and also talk a little bit more about the work that goes into this report mm-hmm. because it's so versatile with so much expertise in it from very different mm-hmm. fields of the industry. So I'm just curious to know how did you even produce this report? Yeah, I agree. But I would I will start. Thank you for the question uh, because it's very interesting to speak how we did it. Yep. Of course, for us interesting, of course. But I would start not from this report. I want to go back. You know, three years back when I came to Soft Swiss and started to work on first marketing strategy for Soft Swiss. And of course, the first part of each marketing strategy is analytical part. And I started to gather information and I started to look for some information about the industry, some data, some numbers. And I understood that our industry, like lack of all, lacks of all this information. And um, of course I tried to um, search a bit deeper into uh, very close to our industry to get some insight, but still it's not iGaming, video games or other stuff, not iGaming. And at that moment, I just decided, oh my God, why, why big industry and no one presents any trends, any analytical uh, data about the industry. Of course, I, I could find something, but it's not like in one place, not everything together. Um, and I got used to get this information because previously I worked in the FMCG and biggest companies, they, every year they presented something very interesting, special about the trends. Um, but it took me and my team two years uh, to get ready to release the first report. And first report we did 
last year and uh, of course we looked deeper in, uh, last year in the, into the industry we got different data from our game aggregator like one of the biggest in the, uh, aggregator in the industry we uh, dive deeper into our consumer customers insights and uh, in the end it was like first report first report with trends for 2023 but this year Keeping in mind what we did last year, I guess we did even bigger job. Re bigger job. We really did like a massive, massive research of the industry, and we have a lot of sources. Not like very much, but still different sources. First of all, we uh, did constantly monitoring of media, iGaming media. So we looked. Uh, precisely what our uh, competitors what other players in the industry do how do they re react to different changes into the industry so it's like a very precise an analysis of media presence and news in the media during the whole year uh, then of course uh, we did uh, different customer research within our company we want to understand the insights of our customers which insights do they have so we did a lot of research to understand what do they want what do they want to do in the future? And it also like one of the part of the uh, gaming trend report. Uh, then we have a lot of data from our game aggregator, because as I said, uh, probably this is at uh, this period of time is one of the biggest game aggregator in the industry because we can uh, we uh, get like more than 10 billion bet bets per month. So it's pretty big and of course, we have a lot of data about customers' behavior, cons uh, players' behavior, and we got some information from this source. And we did uh, like uh, mm, qualitative, uh, sorry, quantitative survey to collect some data to understand some trends, attitudes of uh, industry players to some trends, to some uh, cases that happened during this this year and then the team content team and analytical team they gathered all this information together they divided in this information into different topics uh, they talked to industry experts to understand if they see the right tendencies because tendencies just tendencies probably it's right probably not but still they mm, did uh, some uh, interviews and in the end we got this report and now in this report we covered several topics but of course one of the most important topics that we cover in this report is regulation because this is something that will shape the industry i believe during next years not even 2024 but um, upcoming years maybe two three five years or even ten years because now we are just in the stage of the uh, beginning of real market market growth and development because regulation is just establishing a different market and a lot of markets they are working with international licenses a lot of market don't have even like first steps in regulation so it will be like a big trend for many years and technology technology and technology development of course a lot of uh, people say about artificial intelligence machine learning um, but uh, i cannot say that we uh, implement everything that we can implement in the industry so there are a lot of things to do i believe so uh, of course from soft swiss point of view we are trying to do and we are doing a lot of things but i, I i'm sure that we can do even more and more then uh, the other part of the report it's like uh, uh, game development what is interesting for our players uh, what do they want to get from the industry from uh, the game it's about 
um, tournaments uh, and other stuff similar to to these. Uh, then uh, marketing part, of course. <laughs> The, the most important part, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, even uh, <laughs> even I can say that probably uh, we can uh, prepare something m more uh, precise about marketing because, as I said, we can get a lot of data from our products, products that we have, and share uh, this data with industry too. Security and cybersecurity, I believe this topic during 2023 was pretty important, like hot topic and the payment system because of course for our industry is also interesting and important so these groups of information we have in trend report and some interesting data about this as well uh, what did you find the most interesting for yourself while reading this report yeah <laughs> uh, I, th I think first and foremost just going back to what you mentioned earlier the fact that it's really difficult to find information about the industry and um, it doesn't seem that there's that many companies who are sharing these type of reports. Mm -hmm. It's something um, we've been thinking about a lot and I think actually it's, it relates to the fact that the, the industry is really complex as an industry mm -hmm. and there isn't actually that many companies who can see the industry from a 360 degree uh, mm -hmm. view. So you have for example um, game suppliers, they see the industry from their corner. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, sports betting suppliers from their corner, even the operators uh, have a very specific view mm -hmm. from their perspective and so on. And um, so there isn't that many companies uh, uh, like Softwiz who actually has a, kind of like a, almost like a full 360 Cycle, degree. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think even if other companies wanted to write these type of reports, they wouldn't, um, they would probably wouldn't be able to cover the industry uh, like this. They would probably be able to write like niche reports on mm -hmm. a specific question um, but uh, but not uh, as, as, a, as a holistic uh, picture and it, it, it's something that we think a lot about uh, at next as well is um, um, is there a need for uh, someone to aggregate this kind of data and information better to give a better snapshot of the industry because even new people who start in the industry uh, newcomers I mean when you started three years ago you know, you need to learn about the industry. You need to understand right. it. You need yeah. to, like, how does this industry work? What is uh, what is an aggregator? Mm -hmm. um, what is a sports betting supplier? And how do they kind of work together? Um, and um, and it's quite difficult to find this um, uh, kind of overview information that even explains what the industry is. Because yeah, again, the true. industry is different depending on who you speak to. Let's say. Um, so I just wanted to mention that uh, first and foremost. And uh, uh, secondly, on the report itself, I think um, for me, what's really interesting is to see the breakdown of the uh, of the different uh, um, emerging markets. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really interesting to see yeah. the the geolocations that you pinpointed uh, uh, here, and uh, I was really surprised to see the um, the market volume of some of the uh, uh, geographics. Uh, for example, Peru is listed as uh, a similar. Uh, kind of um, market value is not that far off from Brazil, for example. Um, and uh, that was something that I was quite uh, surprised uh, by, actually. Um, and, um, uh, and, and, um, and you list some other interesting uh, geos there as well. Um, I think you talked as well about like, uh, uh, I'm not, I can't remember if South, yeah, South Africa is there as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember having conversations with um, 
with people at your stand at Sigma as well, who you pointed out that South Africa is a really interesting uh, up and coming uh, year as well. That uh, that we definitely should keep an eye on. Yeah, it's true. You know, uh, this year it was Latin America. Next yeah. year also Latin America, I believe. But yeah. South Africa is something there, somewhere there as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and uh, interesting to see now in in Africa, kind of like what uh, are going to be the first markets that are really. Uh, taking off the way we've seen uh, Brazil take off uh, now with the uh, mm -hmm. uh, emergence of, of uh, technology and so so on uh, over there. So I found that was really interesting. Um, uh, you talk as well about uh, the kind of push for AI and uh, machine learning, and I, I thought it was uh, quite interesting to uh, to see as well that uh, kind of most of the people that you surveyed. Um, think AI is something that is going to uh, kind of uh, propel their organizations. But at the same time, it was quite interesting to see as well that they were still like, I don't know, like 25% or something that uh, didn't really pinpoint AI as like one of the most emerging, yeah. uh, interesting emerging technologies. <clears throat> yeah, I believe it's so because uh, uh, we were talking about AI for so long period of time that some things from AI became like um, our reality and we even didn't notice how it happened like that. Yeah. That's why people just don't pay attention to that. The other thing is that, um, you know, in any industry and especially in uh, industry, which but all industries they are working with consumers, customers, players, uh, AI is just like an instrument. And first of all, you need to understand what for you are going to use this instrument. And in our case, of course, we need to understand the insights and the needs of our players. And only then after that, you can just think, aha, uh -huh, I want to do this. I understand that my players, they want to have this. They want to play like that. They want to have these tournaments. They want to have uh, these some additions to the game. And only after that, you can use AI. And I guess the problem right now that we are just see, oh, AI, it's something very like uh, up to date. Let's yeah. use AI. What for? Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's create pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, very nice. Very interesting. But still, first of all, of course, we need to understand what for we can use it. Mm. And we can use it, of course, for data analysis, because AI give us limitless opportunities to understand consumers inside. Uh, do everyone uh, now, does everyone now use it for um, analytic uh, things? I'm not sure, but of course we can do it. Of course, it's important to do that. Uh, then uh, do we understand, really deeply understand what our uh, players want? Do they want to play with this game? Do they want to play that long? Uh, do they really want to protect themselves or not? Of course, AI, AI can help us. But again, first of all, we need to understand consumers, players inside, and only after that decide how AI can help us, how machine learning, which information machine learning can give us uh, to understand this. Um, everything should go from the consumer, consumers, players, customers, and only then we should decide which instruments we can use. And I believe that AI and machine learning can give us a lot. Yep. But first of all, we need to understand what do we want. Yeah. And and that's why I, I think that someone just don't understand. Or if understand, they really don't know how to better implement everything that technology can give to us. Yeah. And, and also, I think um, even, even if you have the right ideas and uh, you can kind of create mental models in your mind of 
how you want to util utilize AI and machine learning models. The second step then is to actually create them. And um, the uh, kind of software engineers and those who are experts in the field of AI, mm -hmm. it's uh, there's a lack of these professionals in mm -hmm. the world, right? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we have these massive tech giants that are mm -hmm. vacuuming up mm -hmm. the entire kind of like the knowledge base uh, there that is uh, becomes quite difficult even for organizations to hire the right people who can actually create these uh, models. Um, I was in a webinar uh, just uh, uh, a week or two ago with the former um, head of AI for Volvo. Mm -hmm. You know, you live in Gothenburg, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Near, a company near and dear to our heart, of course. Um, and, um, and she talked about a lot of companies and uh, prof professionals, they want to just create the, the, the machine learning algorithm and model and then implement it. But she said, actually, the, um, the success of um, uh, kind of a, a successful uh, AI strategy for any given company is to not forget about uh, actually setting up the right infrastructure before. And, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot, a lot of work that need, need to be do, done before on a technical front before you can implement the, uh, the ML models and so on. That makes it just a lot more complex. Uh, yeah, right? and, uh, and, um, I suppose uh, that, that is um, also to some extent what's holding a, perhaps companies back is just where do you even begin? Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I understand that, of course, you need to do be in, of course, technical part is very important. But when you are starting to implement, especially when we are talking about machine learning, you need to do a lot of tests because sometimes the mistake can be somewhere that you don't expect where it can happen. And it's very important to be very precise, to have high profession. But again, I would say I will do a step back. First of all, you need to understand what for you do in this, because sometimes you can waste a lot of time to yeah. develop some uh, model, but then in a year or in two years, you yeah. just will understand that market doesn't need it. Yeah. And you wasted a lot of time on creating something what is not important. And this is also a problem with AI and machine learning, I believe. Yeah. Time. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, and that's where like, there needs to be a good collaboration with a really strong CTO mm -hmm. who can understand the technology. And then perhaps the, the CMO of, or the yeah. CEO or the product manager mm -hmm. who, who has the idea and they need to kind of marry the two together. Yeah, because sometimes it doesn't worth to waste so many time no. on something that, for example, in a year will not be needed. Yeah, for sure. Because sure. industry is developing quite yeah. fast and we are not like separate industry. I mean, in gaming, we are developing uh, in the sphere big much bigger than just a gaming yeah yeah so. true so so valentina if i asked you the question back i was keen to know as well um in in the report or the 60 pages like what were was there anything perhaps you were surprised over in the results uh, in the report uh did you have any interesting uh, findings that stood out to you in any way mm -hmm. interesting to, to hear your interesting finding um um, you know, I would say about one thing that I really was surprised uh, because there are a lot of interesting information and a lot of useful information to understand the industry, especially to understand regulation, I would say, because to the, this part, we devoted a lot of time yeah. and a lot of space <laughs> in yeah. our report. But one thing that I was surprised, uh, uh, it's about uh, a responsible gambling. And we did uh, a survey. We um, asked questions about responsible, uh, it's pretty much questions about responsible gambling to uh, industry players, industry experts, and we asked what do they think about responsible gambling? If it, is it important? What can it give to uh, the industry? And uh, 
the number of 16% of uh, respondents who said that they believe that uh, responsible gambling will help to develop their brand, will help to become stronger. I was surprised by this low number, right. not big, but right. low number. Right. And uh, this shows, just shows one more time that all companies, especially big players in the industry, should work more and more on that, should work more to popularize this topic of responsible yes. gambling. Because first of all, we need to think about our players. First of all, we need to think about those who open laptop or their mobile phone and start to gamble. And responsible gambling is created for that. It's like a part of the industry development. And unfortunately, not like a high number of people, like percentage of, of people think that it's important and it's industry players. But I believe that industry will change because, for example, if we ask, I, I believe, alcohol industry players or tobacco industry players, of course, they will say, no, all these responsible things. Yes, very important, very important, <laughs> but so difficult to implement, yeah. decrease our profit, do yeah. something else. Exactly. Be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest yeah. here. Yeah. But still understanding that it's important for industry growth to, to for, for uh, safety uh, reasons, uh, important to make the industry more mature. Yeah, and especially from an industry perspective, uh, right, um, you know, We've seen um, massive uh, regulatory setbacks because of the uh, uh, because of the the um, uh, defaults and the uh, mistakes that the industry have done from an RG perspective in Sweden, mm -hmm. for example, um, the uh, the massive marketing push that took place that mm -hmm. was quite irresponsible at times uh, that led to a kind of um, that, that led to a pullback and, and uh, kind of resistance from uh, the, the, the players and, the, uh, and on a p political level mm -hmm. uh, that led to a lot of pushback for the industry uh, over there. And it's obviously not uh, good for the industry at all. And then we kind of start sliding down this regulatory <laughs> slippery slope where the regulators are just trying to make it more and more difficult for the industry to exist, uh, uh, right? And at the end of the day, the, uh, the, there, there is a small number of players that uh, are, are not able to um, to properly enjoy the, the session of gambling for what it's supposed to be. And if the industry can just protect this small mm -hmm. consortium of players, mm -hmm. then, um, then we don't have much to be ashamed over mm -hmm. as an industry, let's say. And uh, we can, with confidence, uh, um, uh, kind of build the industry in a more sustainable uh, way. But the issue, I suppose, is that uh, uh, individual operators, mm -hmm. many times, they don't see this long-term perspective. They That's think true. about the profits from a short-term perspective. And, and um, uh, no, no one single operator wants to try to fix the whole uh, problem, let's say. Um, it's true. That's why I think that big players in the market mar market yeah. should be like pushers of this trend development, yes. because big players. I believe that all big players they think strategically, they plan their future, and they understand that there is no other way, because gaming gambling is not unique industry, and they understand what happened in other industries such as as we said like tobacco industry, yep. alcohol industry. So there is no other way just mm. to implement responsible gambling practices in yeah. uh, the um, operations. Yeah. And 
I believe that when big players <coughs> start to do that, smaller one will follow because again, there will be no other opportunity yeah, for them. I'm, I'm curious to know, Valentina, actually, um, you know, you've you worked in both uh, t tobacco and uh, alcohol. And uh, I'm curious to know, um, it seems to me from an outside perspective that uh, the alcohol industry has kind of like found its identity and acceptance in mm -hmm. society. And um, whereas the tobacco industry, uh, from a regulatory perspective, is uh, an industry where the regulators are trying to do whatever they can to choke the industry mm -hmm. more and more, like uh, more and more restrictions. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like it feels like it's being phased out mm -hmm. like slowly but surely. Um, do, do you have any thoughts of what is the difference between the, um, like what did alcohol do different than cigarettes uh, in order to thrive in uh, even though being a, a, a product that uh, can be damaging to you, to you. Um, really a tobacco industry and alcohol industries are different yes. and uh, the way of their growth and development uh, under these regulations is also different because for example speaking of alcohol we understand that uh, it's about like premiumization about higher price about decreasing the consumption through these instruments yeah in tobacco industries, there is a different way. They started to work on the so-called less uh, harmful products in tobacco industry, like ICAS and other brands mm. that uh, biggest industry players started to develop. And this is like their response to um, regulation because, for example, Philip Morris, I believe that they started to work on ICAS development maybe in early 20s. So it was many years ago. Because at that period of time, they understand that regulation will become tougher and tougher and that pr uh, industry itself is not like very well ex accepted by society and they need to create something like a response to this situation. So they started to develop this low harmful product like ICAS. And then other industry player, players, they started to do the same. But Philip Morris's leader, again, as a leader in the market, was the first who did this system. Uh, I will not discuss if it's good or if it's not, but it's like response to yeah. responsible, uh, all these uh, responsible things. Yeah. Uh, alcohol industry is a bit different. They didn't uh, like decrease um, their presence in general. No. They still have alcohol. We still can drink alcohol, but they are working on the image of alcohol. They are trying exactly. to make it more expensive. They are trying to show that less consumption is better consumption. Get do quality consumption of alcohol, not try to drink as much as possible. And it's also very important. And industry play players <clears throat> trying to work on that. And biggest again in front of everyone in uh, these uh, activities and i believe the same uh, like uh, gambling industry is very close to alcohol industry we will do work just on the quality we will do on uh, players we will work on player safety and we will create like safer environment for players we will un uh, explain like in biggest industry players <clears throat> we will explain to industries that gambling is just a entertainment and entertainment is what every people want to do and this entertainment can be safe this entertainment can be interesting nice cool but of course to do that we need to implement and to do a lot of steps just yeah. to, to create this environment and again to make the industry social social accept, socially accepted 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because you're a marketer mm -hmm. and, and uh, Valentina and a, and a very good one as well, of course. And, uh, you know, I, I feel that on the, on the, um, in the alcohol industry has been able to create a really good image of uh, what positive alcohol consumption mm -hmm. can be. You can imagine, you know, the, uh, the football fan um, just winning a game and, mm -hmm. and cheering with his friend with a beer and like, you know, Carlsberg, uh, you know, have, uh, you have an even greater time with a beer in your hand and football and, and uh, the, um, the bottle of beer goes hand in hand. And there, there's a lot of like, it's, it's very easy to build these like, exciting moments with alcohol let's say um and um from a from an online gambling perspective you know if you want to build um a cool and acceptable image uh, to what it means to consume this entertainment i feel that maybe uh, maybe that's where the industry hasn't been able to create uh, yet like how do you mm -hmm. create that because we're as you're saying you know it's an entertaining uh, product and it's fun and, and exciting you know um, but uh, it's it's a bit more difficult to explain that visually perhaps than uh, what the alcohol industry can do uh, probably yes but again we should uh, look deeper into the uh, people who are consuming so-called consuming gambling right now because I believe that for example for conservative consumers or players uh, let's say over 40 years old, over 50 years old, um, these games will be like slots and yeah. they will do it like very in very traditional way. Yeah. And for them, I don't believe that we can change something and industry can change something. But for Gen Z, for example, for those who are coming, of course we can create uh, a lot of new opportunities based on the insights that we see. It can be more gamification, more social games, um, maybe social casino, which will be like entry level for uh, casino games, something, that's really, something that is really very exciting and interesting. Uh, so I believe that this can be done through different games, through different experience that you can get within, not just pressing the button to make this slot machine to work, yes, <laughs> but uh, to involve and to make a player like a part of the game. And I believe that games in general are going into that side, but for Gen Z, not for older consumers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Sorry to say that, but yeah, but yeah. but it should uh, take into account different age groups. It's like yeah, for sure. As usually in marketing, <laughs> I can tell you, like uh, if you, if you if you want to create a good um, kind of advertisement for how fun uh, gambling can be, you should have come by like our bets on offices when I worked there like twelve years ago, and uh, we used to uh, like say for like a Friday after work we mm -hmm. used to put on uh, like uh we used to put on the slot, ma uh, slot machine uh, uh -huh. and we all would chip in like 20 euro mm -hmm. each so the whole team would put 20 euro we deposited mm -hmm. and then we let the um the slot to auto spin mm -hmm. while we were doing after work and then whatever money was left mm -hmm. uh after the after work we would take it and we would go out and and, uh, <laughs> and have a party together and either would be either it would be like a very good party or it would be like, like not that good <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's had so much fun, you know, we, we, we were watching, we mm -hmm. were winning together and we were cheering together and we would always do that. Like we would always, whenever there was like 
a really big jackpot, mm-hmm. for example, we would do the same. We would be sitting at the office working, mm-hmm. and uh, and then on the TV screen next, it would be mm-hmm. the uh, the jackpot uh, slot uh, would would roll in the background. And then whenever it goes into the bonus game, we would all gather and be excited and like, okay, maybe this is the time we would become millionaires or whatever. But uh, again, it's yeah. what you said. Uh, it's great. like social interaction yeah. because it's it also pa- yeah part of the, of the game, and that's yeah. why it's such instruments which can uh, help to. Uh, increase uh, this excitement of social interaction as like jackpot systems, tournament tools. Now it's very uh, like important for industry growth and development and to make the experience, player experience better and more industry yeah. interesting. Uh, uh, so back to the report uh, uh, here, Valentin. It's, it's, it's two, two marketing minds where you start going completely mm-hmm. off the track here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if we go back to the re- report, uh, so last year you released the first report, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, and you made some predictions of um, what trends would be prevalent in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about uh, this in hindsight? How did these predictions play out? Yeah, you know, uh, my team pre- prepared for me some notes, like uh, hints, tips yeah. for me, <laughs> just to remind about what we said in our recent report. Uh, uh, I looked through that and. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. First, of course, it's like localized regulatory. It was something that we were talking about in our previous report. It is something that we are talking right now because this is like a long term trend, I believe. So we were talking about that. And what happened during this year? It's like uh, Brazil. Yeah. It happens, happening, yep. uh, happening yeah, you're yep. right. Yep. Uh, United Arab Emirates, yep. they are now thinking about implementing right. regulations. Curacao and the changes in, in the regulation. So we see that this is like a trend and it's like long lasting trend and we believe it will be the same in 2024. So we are still will be moving in the direction of local uh, regulation. Uh, then one more interesting thing that we were mm, uh, talking about last year, it yeah. was push for responsible gambling practices. Right. So very good, very good prediction, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we added uh, this uh, into uh, this report as well, because we believe it's also like long uh, lasting trend and it will uh, some it will be something that will shape the landscape of the industry in 2024 and I believe even longer yeah. uh, than uh, data driven decision making. Not a big surprise, of course, but still it's like something that we think that like uh, trend and long lasting trend. And we believe that in 2024, it also will be like something that will again uh, move our industry forward and again technology, artificial intelligence, machine learning, understanding, deep understanding of our players, anti-fraud systems, uh, everything about that. So I would stop on these three because, but of course, mobile gambling dominance, but I don't believe that uh, this is a surprise for someone that mobile dominance will just, uh, will just growing. Of course, for example, if we look in different markets, maybe um, in some market, the level of mobile gaming will be lower in some market higher, but still uh, in general, the share of mobile gambling is growing and will continue to grow. And again, responsible gambling practices probably will help to uh, interact uh, better with Apple Store and Google Play, yeah. and maybe one day um, this also will be like a place for uh, casinos, interesting, uh, like, I don't know, uh, games gam- yeah. and gambling. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, um, like, to me, if I if I were to uh, 
if I were to summarize the year of 2023 into uh, like one word for the industry, um, I would summarize it into localization. Mm -hmm. um, we see it, obviously I come from the, uh, the conference and media side of the industry, mm -hmm. and we can clearly see this trend uh, happening, right? Like if we go back a couple of years, there were, the industry was very European centric mm -hmm. and the only um, relevant trade shows that existed in the industry were all based in Europe and there were maybe three or four of them mm -hmm. and that was entire the entire conference mm -hmm. and event landscape. Nowadays we are all keeping you very busy. Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, hundred shows in the industry today that yeah. uh, are all relevant for uh, depending on which market mm -hmm. you are uh, you're active in. So uh, these days it's not uh, all about the um, the big massive shows anymore mm -hmm. it is um, becoming more and more about the um, more targeted local, local shows yeah, to true. meet the local operators because back in the day all the operators would be based in in europe and they would have their operations in europe and they would maybe be active in the emerging markets mm -hmm. but these days you have a lot of the um, kind of local heroes uh, especially in latin america you have you know the the operators in brazil are based in brazil mm -hmm. The operators in, per in Peru are based in Peru. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you need to be there if mm -hmm. you want to acquire them as customers. Um, and um, in, in general, in the industry, uh, we can see that kind of like the expertise of the industry mm -hmm. is much, much more spread out now rather than mm -hmm. everyone being based in mm -hmm. London, Malta, or Gibraltar, mm -hmm. or Island of Man. Mm -hmm. That was like the entire industry mm -hmm. before. Um, and also, this is something. Um, you know, we are recording here in Malta mm -hmm. now, of course, and um, Malta has kind of been known as the kind of Vegas of online gambling, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that is also something that is being somewhat phased out, uh, if you if, if you will, where uh, the industry is not all based in Malta anymore. Again, um, much more localized approach, a lot more local regulations um, in, in local jurisdictions. and. Um, it puts a lot more pressure on even the bigger operators and the medium-sized operators to be present, mm -hmm. not just yeah. with a head, head office, but to be present uh, everywhere else. And I know that the, the discussions like on a political level here in Malta is, you know, what is going, what will happen? Like, will Malta lose its, um, its value mm -hmm. uh, that it's always had with the strong local regulation and, and uh, kind of the um, infrastructure that exists here and all the professionals and, uh, and so on. And, um, I think as well that um, the industry at the same time has grown so much. So all the companies that are based here, even though the industry is growing a lot uh, on a local level, even here in Malta, the industry is, is growing at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, if we go back like four years or something, four or five years, um, I would love to see a study on this, but I, I bet that if you look at how many professionals there are in the agami mm -hmm. industry on a global level, I would not be surprised if there would be like three times, four times as many professionals in the industry mm -hmm. today than what it was in, in like 2018, 2019, for example. Oh, I agree with you. And looking even at Soft Swiss, three years ago, we were around 400 people. Now we are 2000 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah and we are Christ. growing. And like yeah. this also reflects the mm. industry development. Yeah. Because uh, the penetrate, you know, we say internet penetration, mobile yeah. phone penetration, but I believe all over the world, industry penetration is growing. Yeah, and regulation also helped to that. Help helps to yeah. increase the penetration of industry in yeah. each region. Because yeah. look at Latam. Three years ago, 
who were talking about Latam? Uh, Almost no, no one. one, yeah. And now when uh, regulation started to develop there, a lot of uh, players, suppliers, operators, just like went there mm. completely. And like Latam is like new mecca now. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. For, for everyone. Yeah. And I believe, okay, now everyone came to Latam, market will be established there. And then all this bunch of operators, people, suppliers will go to another market, mm -hmm. to another region, and like will harvest on the another on, on another region. Yeah, yeah. And so, what what do you think? Uh, so, so at the moment, all eyes are on Latin America, especially Brazil. Mm -hmm. You know, down the line is Peru, Chile, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think will be the next uh, move for the industry? I have two options. <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Just two. Uh, I'm probably Africa or Asia. Mm. Asia and Pacific. Yeah, yeah, it's too mm. massive. Obviously, continents yes. with uh, a lot of people. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, as the penetration again of internet is growing. Yeah. And when and that's the key the growth driver, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, because when internet people penetration. internet penetration, people style mm. start to consume different online things, entertainment, mm. game, the, I don't know, shops, everything, and gambling in as well. And that's why I I think maybe even Asia will be more interesting during. Uh, by the way, based on our, again, based on our survey, um, people in the industry, experts from the industry mentioned that, um, of course, first interest, interest for them is Latin America and the second indeed like um, Asia and Pacific region, yeah. like yeah. region of interest. But I believe that Africa still is like very interesting to, to understand what is happening there to go to try uh, and of course the one who first will come who will establish there will win yeah yeah exactly and um if you look forward now into 2024 uh, valentina uh, you predicted the trends uh, for for this year it, it turns out that it uh, it panned out well uh, what predictions uh, do you and softwares have for the following year <laughs> in terms of trends uh, you know, uh, I will not surprise you again because I believe that the main thing that were happening during this year, they will continue in the next year. It's about uh, or localization. <clears throat> so I believe that uh, we will get, I mean, we industry will see new local licenses, probably, probably um, as a response to uh, Curacao changes, there will be one more or maybe two more international license licenses in the world in the next year. Mm, responsible gambling, player centric, everything what everything around player will also like shape the industry too. So I guess these things mm -hmm. like uh, regulations, new regulations, yeah. um, responsible gambling, and everything connected with responsible gambling, and. Um, Player-centric, everything uh, regarding players. You know, especially in this situation with this cookie-less, new cookie-less era. I guess it also will like influence a lot on the um, yeah. opportunities of operators and on their relationship with uh, yeah. players. And uh, the cookie-less future was uh, one of the um, 
points that uh, we're mentioning kind of emerging technologies and, uh, and so on. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about uh, the, the cookie-less future, what it will mean? I mean, you're a marketer, obviously, <laughs> this is top of your agenda, mm -hmm. I would imagine. Um, can you talk first, uh, w w what is the cookie-less future? Uh, what is it that's changing with Google's uh, kind of push to, and what will this mean to marketers, uh, gaming or non-gaming? You know, uh, I would say that like that, uh, every time when, uh, environment is becoming more difficult marketers uh, are becoming more creative <laughs> yep so <laughs> this is uh, let's see a cookie less error is an opportunity for a new instruments development of course first of all like a first response to that still we are not like in cookie less error but we are moving that uh, there first of all we need to we need to start like i believe everyone started this already to collect uh, first party that first party's data this is very important now to do that and uh, uh, after that, just new instruments, new opportunities, geo-targeting, uh, new instruments, in general, new instruments of promotion. This is like uh, the thing that marketers should do uh, to um, overcome uh, this like barrier that is coming to us. Yeah. But just to be more creative, I guess this is the main answer to any changes uh, which we are facing quite often yeah. in uh, the environment. Yeah. Be more creative, uh, prepare, be well prepared, of course, be more creative and be well, well prepared because it's not like a news. We didn't get this news yesterday. Oh. Uh, we knew about that pretty long time ago. So, of course, a good preparation. And I hope that uh, most of the operators and suppliers did this like homework yeah. before it happened. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, the, the current plan is um, for mid 2024? Mid 24, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. June, July, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, and so if we turn the question around, then uh, we talked about the predictions of 2024, but do you see any anti-trends <laughs> for 2024? As in, is there anything that uh, the industry should uh, not pay attention to or look out for? Uh, yeah, interesting topic, sometimes <laughs> can be fun. But before uh, uh, we will go to that question, yeah. could you please share your predictions? Very interesting uh, to know, yeah? yeah <laughs> How do you think? <laughs> what can happen in 2024? I like it, uh, Valte. You, you have uh, you have talent in uh, in uh, in hosting uh, podcasts. Oh, so if you ever if you if you ever if you ever need uh, a second okay. uh, psychic, I, <laughs> okay. the door is open. Here. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll keep it in mind. Good. We'll not tell about that to Ivan. No, 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 no exactly. It, it, don't, don't worry. This is between yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, only between us. <laughs> um, no, so uh, I think going into 2024. The a, a big trend, and you can call it anti-trend and trend at the same time, uh, I think to look out for is um, the industry is splitting into two, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, and uh, we've talked about it many times on the podcast before, but uh, you have um, one part of the industry that is going down the regulatory uh, route. So, uh, and, and you usually see the major operators going down um, that route to become highly regulated, um, only pursuing regulated markets, whiter than white. Uh, and uh, obviously you see a lot of publicly traded companies going down that uh, path. Um, and um, it's probably a response to the industry is maturing more and more as we talked about uh, before as well, where um, locally regulated markets are kind of understanding what the online gambling in industry is, um, uh, regulating because of that. However, 
we are seeing this kind of first wave of regulation being uh, quite disappointing um, in the sense that uh, you have a lot of over-regulation taking place in various jurisdictions. And as a response to that over-regulation, um, we are seeing the industry splitting into two with the big players. They can absorb those uh, costs and those hits, uh, whereas the smaller players and the, even the medium players um, uh, are forced to make a choice, essentially, either to go down the gray path um, and uh, kind of remain uh, in the unregulated environment or to um, try to go into this uh, regulated space. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, we have seen some companies doing that and not to su su succeed in this really uh, difficult space where uh, the product is um, uh, it's, it's not as, as good anymore. It's being thwarted by regulatory requirements. Uh, players are to are understanding more and more that if they play, if they're in a difficult jurisdiction and they choose to play at the regulated um, site, they don't uh, they don't have the same uh, good uh, kind of product experience. It's more friction to play. Um, maybe the uh, the RTPs or the uh, the uh, sports betting odds are not as good as they can find in the uh, unregulated space, and so it's really um. It's really a difficult spot for uh, a lot of operators to uh, to make this choice. A lot of operators want to be regulated and want to do the right thing, let's say, but uh, they are being more and more pushed back into the into the gray space. So um, I think this is a very clear emerging trend that is taking place. Uh, you have operators that are whiter than white, and mm -hmm. other operators that are 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 operating outside of the regulated environment. And um, so. This is specifically for 2024, where I think that the industry will become more polarized in, in mm -hmm. that regard. Uh, but if we look uh, forward into the future, I would imagine that uh, eventually the regulators, uh, they have to understand that uh, this way of regulating uh, is not good for the, uh, certainly not good for the players um, that are more and more finding themselves uh, looking uh, outside the regulation. Uh, and uh, definitely not good for uh, for a, a good robust uh, framework of regulation overall. They need to learn, listen to the industry better. They need to understand the industry better uh, because this is a this is a, a partnership between the industry and the regulator. It is not. It cannot be the regulator punishing the industry because the only thing they end up doing is punishing the um, operators that want to do the right thing. Um, so I think as we're looking forward beyond 2024, we'll probably see that trend reversing mm -hmm. uh, and um, we'll probably see uh, more uh, operators uh, eventually being able to kind of seek their, their way into regu regulated environment, mm -hmm. environment again. So that's, I think that's the kind of the overall kind of big trend that I would look, look out for mm -hmm. is this polarization that's, uh, that we see. Okay, you know, it's interesting. Today I um, read a news about, Swe today I read a news about Sweden. Uh, they published a report, and in this report, they published that only 74 or 76 percent of uh, casino uh, uh, players play in uh, like regulated yeah. casinos. Exactly. So, as I understand, what are you talking about? Like about exactly. that? Because and in Germany, 50 percent, for example. Yeah. So the the, the German is like as a. Uh, I don't know if uh, you can use the word great, but it's a it's a it's a great unfortunate example of when regulation is um, not does not have the intended consequences, uh, mm -hmm. where fifty percent of the German 
um, uh, players are playing outside of the regulation today. But they report that they have just 5% outside the regulation. Yeah, they, they report uh, yeah. themselves, yeah. yeah. And uh, I would imagine they feel very proud of the fact that they can report this to their yeah, people yeah. who look at that report and so on. Uh, but it's absolutely not the case. <laughs> yeah, but you see, still yeah. they're trying just to show that everything is okay, everything is fine. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's like eyes closed and and kind of like hope for the best. But uh, and 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 that's the problem that the industry has is that um, we, especially on the European side, we aren't that good at uh, at establishing strong relationships with the regulators and the politicians uh, and so on from a lobbying point of point of view. Um, whereas if we look over in in North America, um, you have the American Gaming Association. Mm -hmm one of the strongest political lobbyist organization in mm. the entire US, right? Mm -hmm. They have been able to communicate together with the regulators in order to um, produce a much more sustainable regulation mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. that market. And that's where you see where yeah. the, the Americans, they don't really have, they don't really have that big of a problem over there. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of channelization rates like we have in Europe, mm -hmm. we as an industry, we have to be much better at uh, coming together and uh, delivering a strong message to the regulators that, listen, this is what you need to do for this to work out the best for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what we are doing right now is, uh, is not um, protecting the players. It is not maximizing tax mm -hmm. revenue. Um, it, is, uh, it is a regulation that is only benefiting mm -hmm. uh, those players who are outside of your regulation, basically. You're right. Yeah. So probably it's also like a trend what we will see yeah. in the future. Like yeah, exactly. Industry coming together. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anti-trends. <laughs> Ant <laughs> All right. We yeah. we move on. Yes. Yeah. Interesting thing. I would not uh, speak a lot about that, but one very interesting thing. Uh, again, three years ago, I just came to this industry and I read some reports, some trends. At least what I found, and there was something about smart smart watch gaming. Smartwatch gaming. Smartwatch. Oh, so, so like actually playing, <laughs> yeah, gambling yeah. on the watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess this is like very clear anti-trend. And after that, wow. I've heard a lot about that. <laughs> Just industry uh, is talking about that. Someone tried to implement something, but I believe it's something that will never work. Right, right, right. It's too small device, and yeah. the reason of this device existence is definitely no, yeah. not to gamble. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Not everyone. I believe that there were just one. Steve Jobs, who yeah. uh, create from the phone, created from the phone, like <laughs> new something new, but not not watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, very interesting thing is like VR casinos. Yes. yes Why? Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes, yes, VR is created, you know, to get yeah. interesting experience. For example, if you want to race, yeah. probably yes, you yeah. will buy this pretty expensive watch. Yeah. yeah. What? Not watch uh, glasses. <laughs> glasses yeah, yeah. Sorry, glasses. you will, you will uh, buy these pretty expensive glasses, and you will get the experience. Yeah. You will feel it. Yeah. But in casino, what will you feel? For example, oh, so yeah. I, I don't think that's interesting for players. Again, we should look from the players' perspective, from mm -hmm. their insights. What do they want to get? Yeah. And when you look deeper into this, of course, you will understand that VR casinos or smartwatch uh, ga gambling is not something that it's really needed or interesting. Yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts on the VR thing. And uh, uh, so um, if we roll back the tape to 2015 or 2016, when the first Oculus uh, glasses were mm -hmm. released, 
then uh, you know you tried it and you're like oh my god this is gonna change the world and um, at that time if you would have gone to a, a gambling conference there was like one year mm -hmm. where like this is the biggest trend everyone we're talking everyone is talking about vr casino mm -hmm. and uh, you have like demos and the people building vr casinos oh my god it's gonna be incredible and um as you point out because like it's 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 like it's 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 so like counterintuitive to what the uh, casino experience is mm -hmm. like you go into a casino and if you play uh, a slot machine mm -hmm. you're looking at the screen just screen so yes. why would you want to wear oculus glasses uh, just so that you can look at a screen inside oculus mm -hmm. um when you can anyway just look <laughs> at your screen like it's the experience is obviously Ex much no more experience intuitive. yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. it's uh, totally mm. counterintuitive uh, however i must say though um that uh having you know I i'm one of those people that i've owned a oculus headset for mm. almost 10 years mm -hmm. and um i've only used it i don't know 10 times maybe really uh, once per year yeah yeah approximately something mm -hmm. like that and this has been the experience of most people that have bought uh, vr so far mm -hmm. is that the first time it's it's so funny exciting very much the yeah. first time you try vr you buy your glasses you put them on and you you get this experience like this is the most incredible thing i've ever experienced then you take them off and you never use them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely <laughs> that, not our trend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, exactly. So like that, I I agree with. Just in general, VR has not really been. Mm -hmm. It's like there in front of you, and mm -hmm. but it's something that is not really clicking. However, I must say though that very few experiences I've tried in VR that impressed me, and uh, one of them, one of maybe three experiences that impressed me is PokerStars VR, mm -hmm. uh, where you play poker. Mm -hmm. So that is an organic experience that actually has a function. Mm -hmm. So imagine this in, in VR, you are transported into a poker table, kind of like where we're sitting mm -hmm. now. You you see the cards, you can, you can lift the cards. And when you want to place a bet, you take the chips and you throw them in. And you are or next to an actual person who mm -hmm. is doing the same thing that you can speak to. Okay. And um, you would be surprised how much it feels like you are actually at the casino playing poker. Uh, it is pretty remarkable, actually, mm -hmm. how if, that you feel that you are there and you can strike up conversations and uh, well played. Or whatever. Okay, oftentimes it's most it's the opposite that mm -hmm. people are complaining. But anyway, it is it is a pretty remarkable experience, actually. But again, you, you do it and you're like, wow, this is super impressive. Mm -hmm. And then you never do it again. Yeah, you did it once <laughs> and forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you remember about nice uh, yeah. feelings that you got, but yeah. that's it. Yeah, exactly. And then, then the, another one is uh, to play ping pong as well in VR. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is incredible, you know. Mm -hmm. But then, if you like to play ping pong, you just go and play ping pong mm -hmm. in real yeah. life, you know. Because it's more interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so interesting uh, stuff, Valentina. Like, um, if we look at the emerging technologies. We talked a little bit about it uh, uh, already. Um, uh, you mentioned the cookie-less future, a little bit about AI. Can you talk a little bit more perhaps on uh, the emerging technologies that you, um, that you are listing in the report as well? 
No, I believe no. It's better to download the report and read. <laughs> but in general, again, yes. I will repeat one yep. very simple thing. All emerging technologies, they should serve, first of all, they should be like an instrument to serve yep. the needs of the players. Yes. That's why it's very important to understand the needs of the players. That's very important to understand which data we need to um, improve the uh, experience of our players. And yep. after that, just decide which technologies do you want to use to uh, to get to your target, to get your target. So uh, new technologies should be everything about understanding of consumers, players' needs. That's it. It's, it can be used for marketing and can be used for improving player experience. It can be used for responsible gambling implementation for everything in uh, the gambling. But first of all, you need just to find what for yeah. and then to understand which type of technology you need to use. For example, if you want, again, if you want to improve player experience then use something like tournament tools or jackpot systems, if you want to understand uh, better player behavior and predict player behavior than use machine learning and different algorithms in machine learning. Mm. But again, first, the goal, what do you want? And then you decide which, because there are a lot of different technologies. We are in 2023, there are a lot of new technologies and they're emerging every day. Yeah. But to understand what to do, go and look first at, in, into your goals. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But as, as a sidetrack here, by the way, I re remember now, you know, uh, as you do, you know, when you're, when you're trying to build your own brand and you get excited and so on. When I, when I read the report, I saw that you were listing your sources uh, mm -hmm. in the report. Uh, and so naturally, you know, I, I, I searched uh, for, uh, for next to there, or I, I, I give a next, and I saw that we were listed uh, four times we were, we were <laughs> in the report and that made me a little bit proud. Then I, then I went to check, um, uh, IDB, the biggest mm -hmm. uh, portal, and they were also listed four times. So I'll, I'll take it. We are at even <laughs> level there. Uh, I'll give me next time. I'll give me business. <laughs> uh, so um, I'm also curious, uh, uh, Valentina, we talked uh, as well, we drew some parallels here um, to tobacco, alcohol, um, and coffee, the industries that you've been uh, in before. Um, are there any other parallels uh, that you can draw to the trends that we are seeing in the mm -hmm. agame industry? Mm -hmm. uh, to tobacco, alcohol, and coffee. We already covered a little bit, but do you have more thoughts on kind of like how, what, what the trends on a global level, like do they intersect some way? Is there any similarities you see? I guess it's also pretty obvious, of course, uh, um, as with tobacco and uh, alcohol regulation, um, gambling re regulation will also cover the world in different, uh, in some steps. So it will not happen, though it already happened with tobacco, already happened with alcohol, it will not happen immediately. It will take time. It will create problems. It will create a lot of dialogues between uh, the government and the industry. It will help to unite the industry, as you said. Uh, but in general, still we will come to the situation when the market will be regulated with just small, you know, like spheres, zones not covered by regulation. In general, we are just will we are just moving to regulation, maybe in 10 years, maybe in 15, but still. <laughs> Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Valentina, a final, final question for you here today is, um, what would you say, you know, lo looking at the report and so on, like, wh what are the three most important things for an operator to be aware 
of one navigating the organization through 2024? First and the most important thing, uh, all operators should read our report, I guess. Okay, that's number <laughs> this one. This is a yeah, very, very important thing <laughs> because it will help uh, for them to understand a bit more, to be aware a bit more about the situation, what is about the situation in the gambling industry in general. Uh, then I guess uh, to uh, learn and to understand the regulation environment better because when you understand what is happening from this point of view you can plan you can uh, make strategies how to develop your brands your business of course it's, it's like very important thing and uh, the last thing the third one <laughs> after yep. these two yep. uh, to understand uh, players better it's it's very important when you understand uh, the needs of the players and players are changing their needs are changing and we see it for example even we being suppliers see that something is changing into uh, into the in the behavior of players so it's very important uh, to understand to uh, collect more insights to do research uh, to do different studies to understand what players need and then to uh, do some steps uh, in marketing, in product development, in game creation, just to correspond to players' need. Because if you do what players need, you will win. If you don't, you will not win. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> what a great way to end What a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> it's uh, 5.45 on a, on a Friday uh, evening uh, here. We talked about uh, working hard and and smart uh, here in the beginning and i think we can round off not only the podcast but uh, the week uh, here together <laughs> it's true and, yeah uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here like always thank Valentina. you thank, thank you, you so very much. much thank you very much too bye have a nice weekend yeah yeah thank you thank you you too